Welcome to the Pittsburgh Current podcast live from isolation once again. I'm actually in an undisclosed uh, bunker somewhere below uh, the original hot dog shop in Oakland. Um, it's, uh, uh, <laughs> it's quite safe. Um, welcome today. We got uh, a good show today. We're going to be talking about elections. Um, I also want to let you know that the new edition of the Pittsburgh Current is the digital edition of the Pittsburgh Current is out. Um, and ready for your perusal. We've got stories on um, the local efforts by the community of, uh, by the community food bank to make sure that folks have plenty of groceries through this uh, pandemic. We also have um, some great stories by Meg Fair and Brittany Haler on uh, Meg wrote about how uh, drag performers are are able to get their work out and try and make a bit of a living through this. And um, Brittany's got a particularly poignant story about. Um, folks who are dealing with the loss of a loved one um, and the fact that um, having that traditional funeral is, um, is harder, than, uh, harder than one thinks. So um, check out the new issue of the Pittsburgh Current um, out right now and the new issue will be on, not stands, but in your, I'm still used to saying stands, in your email box next Tuesday. Um, oh, also we have a new piece uh, of our ongoing investigation of uh, COVID-19 uh, preparations at the Allegheny County Jail or lack thereof. So check us out for that and check back uh, on our website, pittsburghcurrent.com. We're gonna have more on that um, as the days go on. Um, so my guest today, we're gonna talk about voting and we're gonna talk about um, getting out the votes. Um, and with us today are Larissa Schweitzer, the Pennsylvania State Director for Next Gen America and Sarah Egan, a spokesperson for Next Gen Pennsylvania. Um, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. So, um, a lot of people are probably familiar with with Next Gen America. It was founded by uh, Tom Steyer, who most people know um, as a former candidate for president of the United presidency of the United States. And um, the organization is on the ground recruiting young voters in Pennsylvania. And I believe it's a four point five million dollar effort. Is that correct? And you're looking at voters in, in what sort of age group? Yes, so uh, all that's correct. Um, we uh, are running a program here in Pennsylvania to really engage those 18 to 35 year olds um, on college campuses, in communities um, around college campuses to make sure that they have the tools, the, the piece of education uh, to be ready to go out and vote in the upcoming elections. And, and obviously this is not what you, this situation, the COVID-19 situation has obviously made this a different animal. How has, how has this changed? And I've talked to some candidates about this actually too. Like how do you, especially first time candidates who are trying to get their names out, like how are you operating in this, in this time of isolation? So how, how has it changed what you guys are doing? And, you know, it, are you messaging any different or is there a different, or is it just in the delivery or how's it working out? Yeah. Uh, so I always describe our program. We're super strong at talking to, to young people face to face. Um, mm -hmm. It's where we are trained on. It's, it's what we love to do and why we do this 
work. Um, so this transition uh, to online organizing has been super interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, we've really focused on uh, text banking voters, peer-to-peer um, -peer texting, um, and, and phone banking, um, informing them of Pennsylvania's new primary date, um, how to apply for a vote-by-mail application, um, and still talking about the importance of the youth vote in this upcoming primary and the general election. Um, Sarah can probably talk a little bit more about this, but we've also really been focusing on um, telling our stories um, through letters to the editors um, and, and talking about the importance of the youth vote in letters to the editors. Uh, um, we've also been utilizing our personal social medias yeah. to get out uh, those conversations organically to, to our followers on Twitter, on TikTok, um, Instagram, Facebook, all, all, those, uh, all those platforms. Sarah, did you want to maybe expound on that a little bit about uh, that effort? Sure, yeah. So we know that if we engage young people on the issues, that we find that young people are very much issue-first voters. So what we do is sustained advocacy now through November to make sure that people turn out. Um, we know that the more that we engage with people, the more touches we have, um, that they are more likely to turn out. So where in the past we would meet people on the ground, um, meeting them online just means that we're talking to them earlier um, and sending those materials through text and email a lot earlier. Um, and then reaching out to networks that we might not be able to um, see when we're meeting them in person. So social media feeds, a lot of Twitter threads, a lot of TikToks, um, and getting more people out to vote that way. I would think that, that one thing, um, events have always sort of probably been a, an organizing period. And so are you organizing virtual events as well? As, and, and how are you finding the response to this, uh, this sort of new, um, not new, I mean, obviously, you use this technology, but on such a on such a high level, how are you finding the response to that? Totally. Well, um, to talk about uh, how strong our program is, we have to include the conversation about volunteers, right? right. Um, our our program is is one hundred percent. Definitely sustained by our volunteer base, um, and one of the ways that we've been keeping them engaged and interested um, is having virtual one-on-ones with them. So we hop on Zoom, uh, we have the conversation about, hey, we transition to texting and phone banking. Um, how can we get you involved in that? How many texts will you send with us next week? How many voters will you call next week? Um, we're also kind of transitioning to, to like you said, the virtual events. Um, I know nationally, we're really focusing on panels that we're having, um, talking about the issues that young people care about, like climate, um, like affordable health care, um, all of those important issues. Um, and it's been really fun to kind of see uh, and brainstorm the idea of how we can engage young people via these virtual events that that we're focusing on. And, and what events are, or what I'm sorry, not events, what issues are young folks focused on? I mean, obviously, COVID-19 brings out the, the, the need for uh, health care reform and, and global um, uh, health care. Um, but but is, is that the main issue? What, what are some of the main issues that they're asking about and talking about? Yeah, we've talked to hundreds of thousands of voters since we've been on the ground in Pennsylvania since 2016. Um, and we found that young people care about 
college affordability, affordable health care, racial equity and justice, climate change, immigrant rights are really the top line issues. And, and young people are paying attention to these yeah. issues. We've watched how Trump and the GOP attack the rights and values of young people. And we know uh, the strength of our numbers. Uh, and if we organize around those issues, we're going to turn out and vote. Sarah, what's the messaging um, in terms of uh, when you're talking about Donald Trump, when you're talking about the Trump administration, when you're talking about Republican lawmakers um, who just seem to be completely blind to uh, the actions of the president? What's the messaging when you're talking to young voters or how is, is, is it, are you, are you trying to sort of incite that sort of, I don't know about anger or rage, but sort of that, whatever that is inside of us that makes us sort of like, why are we living in a time like this? What, what, what is the messaging like when you're talking to folks? Yeah, definitely. And I think obviously that anger is always there with young people. You can see mm -hmm. we're straddled with debt. We are inheriting a climate that will we won't be able to raise children and um, millennials can't buy homes. I mean, those issues are always going to be very relevant to your everyday life. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time with messaging, I think it's really apparent. And I think it's very important that we take it to a local level at the same time. So we're holding Pat Toomey accountable for him wanting to opening up the stock market or like yeah. paying attention to more of the stock market than um, the issues at home right now, or the Pennsylvania legislators who are right now voting whether or not we are going to reopen the economy um, and open those non-essential businesses. Um, you'll see a lot of our people online keeping those legislators accountable and then really connecting that, that this is something that you need to bring to the ballot box, that if you want to have progressive change happen, you have to be part of that change by volunteering or by getting out the vote yourself and participating in the events that we're doing and with our partner organizations as well. And is that something that the, um, let's talk about that a little bit more, the um, opening up of the reopening of America or whatever the hell the president was trying to call it. Uh, where, 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 are, where are younger voters on this that, that you're seeing? I mean, I think a lot of people are just like, you know, look, this is the reality of the moment. Let's not do, you know, we're already in it. Let's not screw it up by maybe going too early. Is that what you're feeling on the on the ground level? Well, yeah. I mean, we're seeing that disproportionately a lot of the people who are unemployed right now are young people. Mm -hmm. So they're feeling the economic repercussions of this very hard. Um, I mean, we've already seen some legislation come through to help um, with the federal student debt. But I think on the ground, we're seeing just the ridiculousness of the Republican response. And then also, um, a kind of a rallying cry where you're seeing that this is obviously symptomatic of a system that isn't working. And if young people want to be a part of creating a system that will work, um, we've really been um, trying to convince people. And I think people are really receptive to it at the same time that this is a moment where you can really bring forward your advocacy um, to make a change. Um, but yeah, it is, we are paying attention. And I think what young people will have a long memory for this. Right. Are you, are you, are you encountering out there? Um, because, you know, as much as I sometimes find it hard to believe there are young people who fall on that sort of right side of the, of the political conversation. Are you having conversations with them? Are you engaging with them? Are you seeing a shift with some, because now this is like, you know, this is you, uh, look, a lot of us probably, 
you know, when we went out on our own, went to college or whatever, we might have still had a little bit of the influence of our parents uh, in our ear. And we kind of have to find out who we are. Um, but this is one of those situations that um, I think is really speaks to what's wrong with that sort of right ideology. And they're feeling it through the fact that, again, they're, they're out of work. There's, you know, there's not a whole lot of, of, of help out there. So do you encounter folks on the, on the right side and how do you address them? And what are you feeling from them in terms of any frustration? Sure. Um, I will say, you know, we do talk to, to people um, who, who fall across all ends of the spectrum. And, and I think one thing that we, we encourage folks to think about when we're talking to them um, are, are just what Sarah is talking about today uh, with the GOP House votes yesterday um, and going in today uh, with the Senate um, around reopening non-essential businesses in Pennsylvania. The people that we spent uh, all of 2018 into 2019 uh, working to get elected are the ones who are fighting for young people and the values of young people, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and putting them as a priority in each of their votes uh, yesterday and today. Um, and that's the conversations that we have to take to, to people who might be, you know, one or the other um, and, and making sure that we prioritize uh, uh, pushing them more left, um, knowing that sure. uh, issues that they care about are, are falling more, you know, left. Right. Um, and, and, um, I had a brilliant follow-up to that. I'm not gonna lie, but it's, it's gone. But let me ask you a little bit about, um, um, you talked a little bit about, so this, obviously this is a presidential year, but you're also very concerned about down ballot races, aren't you? And how are you addressing those? Yeah, I think it's it's uh, case by case. Um, we are in all uh, all the big counties in Pennsylvania, Erie, Allegheny, uh, Lehigh Valley, Philadelphia, Central PA, where we have um, super important opportunities to flip uh, congressional districts and hold congressional districts that we won uh, in 2018. Um, and you know, we noticed um, that when we talked about those uh, races in 2018, that people were driven. Um, to vote in those races, uh, those those specific issues that those Congress people, uh, those state House and state Senate members are fighting for in the PA House and PA Senate are directly affecting young voters um, who go to college, um, who might be having a young family. Um, and when we're talking about uh, those races, people are definitely driven to, to vote in those as well. Where do, what, what, what states do you see particularly as um, vulnerable chance to flip. Uh, what, what sort of where what areas are, are you looking at there and, and uh, dealing with voters? Yeah, for sure. So um, top line uh, in Erie County, we have the opportunity yeah. to flip that uh, that seat. Um, very important seat there. Um, we're organizing um, on a few schools uh, in that county, um, and the engagement is super important. Um, and the conversations that we're having are super important. Uh, we're looking to to make sure uh, that Susan Wild uh, keeps her seat um, um, and uh, pushing through in that in that congressional district. Um, PA ten is a big uh, opportunity to flip as well. Um, so we have infrastructure in Dolphin County and the surrounding areas um, to make sure that we're holding holding uh, and flipping those seats as well. And, and um, what about on, on the presidential level? Um, I mean, let's be completely honest. <laughs> Joe Biden wasn't the first choice of anybody that we're talking, any voter we're talking about now. How are you dealing? Well, first of all, what are you hearing from people on the streets as you talk about 
the presumptive nominee and, and um, what sort of feedback, because I've, you know, we've seen things that run the gamut from, you know, blue, no matter who, although there, there are more people willing to say, I don't know if anyone is better than someone, someone better. And so how are you addressing this? Are you confronting this on the, when you talk to people and, and how are you, how are you talking to people about this? Yeah, I can speak to that a little bit. Um, last week, once Bernie Sanders dropped out of the race, obviously Bernie Sanders was a candidate that really appeals to young people. Mm-hmm. A lot of his issues are some of our evergreen issues that we always care about. So what we did was we have a letter addressed to Biden. It was an open letter signed along with just the Justice Democrats, um, Sunrise Movement, a lot of youth-based organizations um, that really outline the issues that we care about and that Biden will have to move left on if he really wants to earn the youth vote. Um, And in our conversations with people on the ground, we obviously recognize that there's a lot of work left to do between now and November to get that enthusiasm um, and make sure that people turn out. Um, Like we said, obviously, we're going to be focusing on down ballot races, and those down ballot races are really things that energize young people as well. But we recognize at this point, um, just having anti-Trump messaging isn't going to be enough to win the presidency. We're going to need to see a lot of movement um, and a lot of commitment really to champion those values that young people have. And is, is that, um, what is, what is the, what do you think the reality is of having someone like, someone like Joe Biden sort of moving a little farther left on some important issues? Um, because certainly like I said, we, we can't really afford to have anybody stay home, uh, in November, certainly. So are you guys seeing from, or from briefings, whatever you're getting, are you seeing, a willingness of Joe Biden to at least consider sort of moving a little farther left on some issues? Yeah, we at, well, we saw a day after the letter came out that Joe Biden um, expressed a willingness to lower the Medicare age, some forgiveness for public um, low-income public college students. Um, and we're seeing that as a sign of life um, from the Biden campaign, a willingness to move and something that we're seeing as a good sign um, and a, really a willingness to listen to progressives. Um, in that letter that we had, we outlined different cabinet positions that we would like to see um, him take up, um, people to put in those cabinet positions. And we really see it as a beginning of a process. I mean, we have a long time through November um, and it's a good sign that we're opening that conversation and putting progressives on the table. In the midterms, we had a lot of, especially at the state level, we had a lot of a lot of uh, old incumbent uh, Democrats fall. And um, this election cycle, we saw a lot of old incumbent Democrats get the hell out of the way before anything else could happen to them. Um, how much do you, how much do you, how much is that, um, how much is that because of the strength of the growing youth vote in Pennsylvania? Yeah, I can talk on that. And and that's definitely a, a great talking point there of, you know, the work that we did in 2018 is what's going to drive us to yeah. success uh, going into 2020, exactly as you said it. And, you know, just some, some fun numbers here. In 2018, 59% of young Pennsylvanians that, that we as Next Gen uh, organized, um, they voted. Uh, and that's 20 points higher than their general age block. So we know that the work that we do, we know that the conversations that we're having 
having in these really important elections where there's there's good progressive running uh, it is working. Um, nearly 40% of the 2020 electorate is going to be 35 or under. Wow. We have to organize on that momentum that we had in 2018 and and uh, make it grow even bigger than, than that's 59% of folks who turned out. What's what sort of what sort of uh, what sort of numbers in terms of voter base are you guys reaching out to? Um, what's your what's your um, your 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 sort of email collection? To are able to communicate with around three thousand folks uh, via email, um, and uh, thousands of hundreds of thousands of voters via text. Um, I think a, a cool um, number around text messages is that as young people, um, we open text messages at a rate of 99%, right? So the amount of numbers and the amount of people that we're able to communicate with via text message um, is going to uh, expand our message, uh, push out our message um, far and wide. And uh, we definitely rely on these digital pieces of organizing to, to grow and build on our on the ground program. Just a, a couple more questions here, um, and we are talking with um, we are talking with Sarah Egan and Larissa Schweitzer of Next Gen America. There on the ground here in Pennsylvania, talking to voters, trying to court that young vote, which I don't think it probably takes too much to to convince a, a young voter not to vote uh, the other on the other ticket. But um, they're doing good work out there. Um, so, what do, you, what do you guys have on? Well, before I ask you that, let me ask you this. How do things how how do things change, and how easily are you going to be able to transition once we are a little more opened up? And you would hope that certainly by the general election, things are obviously opened up a little more. Hopefully by by at least midsummer, hopefully things are opening up a little more. So how how do you how easy is the transition sort of back into traditional um, traditional sort of of get out the vote efforts or does this show you that this can be either just as effective or at least deserves, you know, more level of, of a, a greater level of, of commitment than, you, than maybe you had done before? Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, I think, you know, we spent the past four years building relationships on college campuses yep. and we are not stopping now. Um, we've had registered student organizations on our college campuses that we've taken um, online. We have Zoom meetings with our executive boards on our college campuses, right, to make sure that they're engaged, to make sure that they still know our messaging, that they still know what our goals are. So then when we are able to organize back on campus, we're still up um, and ready to go and, and our communities are, are still engaged with us um, on the ground. Um, and I think you're right, you know, uh, we spent the last uh, few weeks getting all of uh, the members of our teams on Twitter, right? Because we know that organic organizing, that um, organic uh, social media engagement um, is 100% a priority. Um, and we are definitely going to utilize it to supplement uh, our, our organizing once we're back on the ground. Um, kind of think of it as, you know, a rotating circle. Um, online engagement uh, leads to engagement on the ground and then back online, right? We talk about this um, as a cycle, um, and we need to, to definitely emphasize um, each of these these bits of organizing and these strategies of organizing um, in similar ways. And and just what, what kind of things do you guys have planned for the next few months? What kind of uh, events or efforts, or is it just going to be kind of more of the same, making sure you're reaching as many people as you can and talking about the importance of the upcoming election? 
Yeah, well, I think um, going forward and definitely Sarah hop in here. Um, we are focusing on uh, the conversations around vote by mail. Um, we've right. already tested around 200,000 folks a vote by mail application, um, making sure that they're educated on the processes of applying and submitting their um, uh, ballot. Um, so if there is, you know, an instance in November of 2020, when we also all have to vote by mail. Um, everyone has the steps down pat ready to go um, and uh, working out all the kinks now. So it's as smooth as can be in November. Um, Sarah, did you have anything you wanted to add to that one? Yeah, I just say, again, we also have a lot of issue advocacy that we care about. So you'll see us circulating a lot of national petitions um, to ask Congress to, A, right now we're asking them to take more action on COVID-19. Um, we also have another petition that talks about vote by mail, that we are lucky in Pennsylvania that this is the first cycle with vote by mail and we've already seen an overwhelming influx um, to those county registrar offices that are receiving um, vote by mail applications. But obviously we're gonna need a lot of support for those offices um, and making sure they're fully funded and staffed and able to handle that. Um, but yeah, and I'd also say obviously 420 and Earth Day are coming up. So we will be having digital actions to support the legalization of marijuana at the federal level um, and also including in those conversations expungement for criminal records right. related to um, marijuana charges. It's important stuff for sure. Uh, Larissa Schweitzer, Sarah Egan, thank you for joining me today. And thank everyone else for joining us for the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. You can get your new digital issue on this Tuesday. And our current issue is out on stands as again, your email is the stand. You know what I'm saying? By this point, you should know what I'm saying, people. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thanks for having me.